For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome into episode 21 of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us as always. I am your host, Amanda White. You can follow me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined by my illustrious co-host. Have I used that one before, guys? Have I done that? Yes. Yes, you repeat yourself a lot. Yeah, well, you have to do the spiel every week, so I guess it gets a little repetitive. Nick and Ryan, everyone, if you don't know them by now. You're just not original. (laughs) At times. Nick and Ryan can be found on Twitter if you don't know already at DC Natchak. You know what? You know what? We're gonna there's gonna somebody's gonna catch hands at some point on this podcast. It's a good thing we don't do it in the same Whoa. room. <laughs> wow, did you say catch hands? That's a very I rad did. saying of you. Yeah, Boomer yeah, wouldn't say that, so right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you can follow the show at Half Street High Heat. Um, we're doing this for the DMV Sports Network. You can find them on Twitter at DMV underscore SN. And please be sure to check out the uh, website as well, dmvsportsnetwork.com. All right, so let's get to it. How was your week? It was pretty rad. Um, it was really rad. I went to Philly. Philly's a pretty mm-hmm. rad city. Um, it smells. But once you get it over does that, smell. It's, it's true. It, it smells there, man, but it was pretty cool. Some historic stuff, some cheesesteaks, a lot of cheesesteaks. I didn't realize there were so many variations. It was pretty rad. Um, everyone says rad up there, so it's pretty cool. And yeah, it was yeah. a good week. It's good that you didn't go anymore north. They say wicked. They say wicked up there. That's wicked cool. My boy's wicked smart. <laughs> wicked smart. Have either of you guys ever been to New Orleans? You want to talk about awesome cities that smell? I swallowed a bug. <laughs> All right, I take it neither of you got that reference. <laughs> no, I did not. All right, broke Amanda. That was just so random. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, clearly, okay. neither of you have seen Goodwill Hunting, or otherwise they would have been perfect with what but we were we talking had, about. We had moved on to New Orleans. It seemed very <laughs> random. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope at least one listener like I know. that reference, <laughs> or otherwise, <laughs> just one. Or if maybe it'd be better for please tweet at the show, so like I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or we could cut all of this out, and no one will ever know what happened. <laughs> no, that's no not we're leaving it. That's on brand. <laughs> that is on brand. It's true. Okay. Ryan, please oh, regale wow. us all with your week in recap. What well, does that Amanda, word mean? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> well. All right, good. All right, all right. This is not our best work, gentlemen. <laughs> Better than the best. Um, all right, so. The Marlins are 34 and 56. Thick Daddy does not approve. All right, so <laughs> getting into everything this week on Keeping Up with the, the Mets. Mets. The Mets had a short week because of the All-Star break, but don't worry, guys. The Mets always come through for you. Reports came out that BVW, who is married, by the way, to Wilpon's daughter. Um, I smell Ooh. collusion on how he collusion. got that, that job. So BVW reached out to Girardi about being the Mets' new head coach. There's only one problem. The Mets have a manager right now, and uh, BVW keeps publicly backing him. So if you're Mickey Calloway reading the newspaper, how does that make you feel? Right? They're already looking for your replacement. Um, Mets legend Doc Gooden was arrested for cocaine. If I used to play for the Mets and saw the franchise is now, I would also do a lot of cocaine. 
Um, he did BBW. it while he was playing for them too. So just yeah, I was going to say that's kind <laughs> that of on. True. Speaking of on brand, that's very on brand for not good. Um, BBW does not want to give up on the season, even though their best player <laughs> uh, Noah Syndergaard publicly stated that getting traded would be bittersweet, which is a very nice way of saying of "get me the hell out of here." BBW <laughs> went on to say, "Look at the Nats. Turns arounds are possible. There's only one issue: the Mets are the worst team in uh, the National League since May 29th." But they did take two of three from the Marlins. They are 42 and 51. On June 1st, the Phillies were in first place in the NL East. They had a two and a half game lead over the Braves and they had an eight game lead over the Nats. Since then, they have the second worst record in the National League. They dropped two or three against the Nats, but they did get a walk off. Um, Thanks, they Matt are Grace. Now one and Thanks half, for that. One and a half games behind the Nats, and they're eight games back of the Braves. Ellie, every Phillies fan is crying for pitching help. I was in the stadium. I heard it for nine straight innings how they have no pitching. But don't worry, guys. The team that you just had the best offseason in MLB history, your owner agrees. And he says this team is not close enough to winning a World Series to so justify blowing up the farm system at the trade deadline. He did say he will take on salary, though, as a way to not give up good prospects. But when you have about 10 teams who all have the same need, it sounds like the Phillies are going to miss out. And also looks like they're on the way of missing out on the playoffs after monstrous expectations of their offseason. They're going to be very interesting to watch at the deadline because they need about three to four new pitchers and they don't want to give anything up. They are 48 and 45. The Nats continue to roll as they play the Pennsylvania version of the Mets. They shut out the Phillies on Friday <laughs> with me in attendance. I had a steak and cheese, my second of the week. Um, and this thing called water ice, which I was very confused about because that just means mm, that's good water, stuff. water. Um, it was so good. I don't know what they put in it, but it was delicious and made my mouth blue. Um, I did not get harassed mm. by Philly fans. So you guys are all fake and Philly fans need to step it up. Um, I give the stadium an 8 out of 10 bonus points for the 25-minute long firework show. Juan Soto goes absolute sicko mode on Saturday with a clutch two-run home run. And then Matt Grace says, hey, the Phillies need to have some sicko mode. And he gives up a walk-off home run. The Nats have a few days off and their next series is against the Braves. Yes, I know they have two games against the Orioles this week, but like, come on. It's the Orioles. They don't count. Uh, the Nats are 49 and 43, and they have made up one game in the standings since June 1st. Hmm. Who has the second best record in baseball since May 24th? We'll look no further than the Atlanta Braves. The Braves don't seem to lose. <laughs> like they don't. They take care of the Padres with clutch home runs, clutch defensive plays. They avoid the meltdowns against the Marlins with insane defensive plays. They are 56 and 37, and all of a sudden, unless the Dodgers win, they are four games back of the Dodgers for the top spot in the NL. Looking outside the NL East, there's some pretty cool tidbits this week, so I'm going to share them with you guys. Flama Guerrero Jr., Jr., a.k.a. Thick Daddy, goes on absolute run in the home run derby. He hits the most home runs ever in one round with 29. He then follows up by hitting 29 in the second round, just barely missing 30. Everyone's like, oh, this guy won with ease. Jock Peterson goes LOL, hits 29, and then follows an epic three-overtime swing-off to which uh, Thick Daddy won. Pete Alonzo wins the home <clears throat> run derby with a 12-year-old throwing to him. Christian Yelich becomes the fastest player in MLB history, the 30 home runs and 20 stolen base in a single season. Mike Trout career OPS is officially over one. Um, Shane Bieber hits a home run in five straight ABs against Bauer. It's the longest streak since 1961. You mean Max Kepler. Max Kepler. You said Shane Bieber. And then, yeah, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and the Angels. It's first not about the Nats. Game. Nobody cares. Yeah, come on. This the, I I just wanted this last bit of information there, so I had to find other stuff. <laughs> In the Angels' first home game since the passing of Tyler Skaggs, every player wore forty-five. Tyler Skaggs' mom throws out the first pitch. Mike Trout hits a home run, four hundred fifty-four feet on the very first pitch he sees. Skaggs wore forty-five. The Angels throw a combined no-hitter, the eleventh in franchise history. Skaggs wore number eleven in high school. The Angels score seven runs in the first inning, 13 runs total. Tyler Skaggs' birthday was 7-13. 
The Angels' no-hitter was the first no-hitter in the state of California since July 13, 1991, the day Tyler Skaggs was born. There's That's some weird stuff, right? And Gotta that is baseball. Baseball. Gotta yeah, love baseball. That is a terrible story, but that that was an amazing night. I mean, obviously, none of none of us are Angels fans, but couldn't help but be rooting for them for that game. Yeah. And it looked um, to me. Did you guys watch that last that last bit where the runner they complete the no hitter and they're throwing to first base and the runner clearly pulls up so he doesn't get to first base before the throw. I mean, he probably would have been out anyways, but... Maybe, but uh, it looks like he definitely slows down. I don't know. It would have been a pretty close play at first. He should have fallen down. <laughs> take all the take all the <laughs> attention for himself. Maybe. <laughs> Make it all but, about uh, him. Back to the home run derby. I just thought it was funny how literally everyone and their mother was not abiding by the wait till the ball lands before <laughs> throwing the next pitch rule. But oh, no yeah. one said anything this year. But last year, everyone wanted to bag on <laughs> Bryce for not killed doing it. Harper and his dad about it. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So but dumb. everybody did it last year too. He wasn't the only yeah. one last year. Yeah, it was just. But you didn't hear it's a like heap about it this year. Not a peep. everyone's his batting. Everyone's his batting average is overrated stats. Everyone comes to Harper also. So a lot of it's just <laughs> funny when it comes to him. Yeah. Yeah. Mansion. It's true. <laughs> Free real estate. All right, so let's do our next segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly, which we were actually going to call the good, the unfortunate, and the ugly this week. Um, the good is everything. They took two or three against the Phillies. They came rolling out of the All-Star break. They could have had three of three against the Phillies, but Matt Grace happened. We'll get to him in a moment. What did you guys yeah, think about the, the Phillies series? Um, Win the games, you got to win. Taking two or three was huge against them, especially with how the Phillies have been playing lately. Um, you know, they wanted to prove that all those teams we beat, you know, we actually are playing better. It's not just a ruse. And they did what they had to do from three sold-out crowds, and they played pretty well. The bats went dead at some points, but still, they took two of three, and the bounces went their way that series, which was huge. Yeah, I mean, they also, played well. Ruse the ruse is an underused word. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a pretty rad word. Um, really rad. The... Speaking the, of underused words. <laughs> the bullpen pitched pretty well, uh, aside from Matt Grace. Um, I mean, I you don't really have many complaint, complaints. Uh, obviously, you shot out uh, Friday and then got the job done yesterday. And then today is really your only hiccup. But, I mean, it came down to the ninth before he blew it. So, I guess that's, that's progress. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, Again, like Ryan said, the bats kind of went quiet. Obviously, we would have liked to uh, have taken advantage of advantage of some more opportunities that we had uh, throughout the series. But, I mean, two out of three is a series win. If we keep winning series, we're going to be in a pretty damn good spot come the, the end of the season. So, no yeah. no real complaints. Um, what did you guys think about Suero in this series and just lately? I've I've heard some stuff about him working a lot with Fernando Rodney. And uh, it seems like he's pitching a little better since he joined the team. I mean, he, I, I don't know. I think it's just coming out of the All-Star break, I think everyone kind of looks better or you kind of get the sense that because everyone's fresh and then they've had a week off, do they look better? Uh, so I would think we need to see more of a sample size before we go judging Suero. That's just my personal thing. Yeah. And that's just not that's not just him. That's kind of everyone. Yeah, although it wasn't it eight pitches he struck out the struck out the side or got or did a, had a one two three inning. Um, exactly. What yeah, it was. Fun fa fun, yeah, fun fact: you cannot strike out the side on eight pitches. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen strike out the side. two pitches before they make so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there. I've seen some. I've seen some four strike strikeouts where you should have had a strike, but not any eight. Not any eight for the whole <clears> side. That would be a neat trick. All right, yeah, so let's talk about, about the immaculate inning. <laughs> right. Um, the unfortunate is in lieu of the bad this week is is Max to the IL. Oh my God, I had a heart attack when I saw this. They keep saying it's no big so, deal. He's for sure going to pitch, and then all of a sudden he's on the IL. I think this is pretty smart. Um, when I was walking into the hotel on Friday to check in, I was in the revolving door, and then I noticed there was someone behind me with two color eyes, and I went, "Oh my God, that's Max Scherzer." He was walking fine, by the way, but I thought it was pretty weird he was coming in that late. 
And then like 10 minutes later, I got the thing saying he went to the IL. So I saw it first. I saw him after he met with the team. Sources, I got it. You're welcome. But I think it's basically just... record it and tell the rest of us that we knew before everybody um, else? My agreement that I made with the team was I have to wait until after, thank you very much. But I think this is basically just like... It's just like the dude's been pitching a lot of innings lately. Let's just give him another time off because they have an off day. They're playing the freaking Orioles. That series really doesn't matter. And especially the way the Phillies were playing, they're like, no, we got Strauss and Corbin going. Let's just give him some day off. Gets basically two weeks off, comes back Thursday, Friday against the Braves. So I am not worried about this. I yeah, think it'll, it, it'll <clears> make <throat> him better in the long run. It was nice that uh, they could uh, make the, do the move uh, retroactive to July 10th, I think, if they had to do it. I mean, like today, for instance, obviously you do it from the last time they played, but if they had to do it today, then obviously that pushes his timeline past uh, the Brave series. So I don't think they do it. He They would just list him as day-to-day. Uh, but obviously the fact that he can come, in, uh, come back and pitch against the Braves is a huge part of the decision. So more rest for him is great. I mean, he's given us everything and more this year. So yeah, dude deserves some time off. Yeah, it's not a question for me of deserving it. Obviously, that's fine, and he doesn't really, hopefully, need to pitch against the Orioles. It's just to me, they, you know, Davey was talking about how he was for sure going to pitch on Tuesday. <laughs> that was so it, funny. And then he was on the IL ten minutes later. So to me, it's literally either ten minutes happened later. He was on IL. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is, did he, you know, throw a, se- a big <clears> session <throat> or something, and then he didn't feel right after, or is it just worse than they're letting on? And that's no, Davey's just done. <laughs> well, let's just hope it's that because they're notorious for, you know, downplaying injuries. Remember when Rendon tweaked his knee and missed three months or something or two months at the beginning <laughs> of the season a couple of years ago? Like, that's no big deal. He's day to day. And then he doesn't, you know, he's not playing till June. So let's hope it's nothing major. I, I hope it's just a, a little extra rest situation. All right. The ugly. Um, there's a lot less ugly than there had been earlier in the season, but there are a couple of really ugly things to talk about, which the first of which is Matt Grace, who continued. Oh, that's weird. Don't, don't, don't call him ugly. <laughs> yes. The metaphorical ugly. But uh, today was a great example. It's he metaphorical. Gave up the walk-off. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he got one batter out, so I say this is a pretty good outing for him, honestly. All things are relative, and for him, this was a pretty good outing. Yeah, I don't he know only gave up one pitching. run, right? So that's, yeah, I don't know why he still has a roster spot, frankly. I mean, if you're going to have a guy in your bullpen you can't rely on and, you know, can't pitch very often, why don't you bring up a young guy and let him get some experience? There's no reason to keep Matt Grace on this team. So, yeah, um, yeah there's not much to say about that. Matt Grace sucks. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is Gomes who has just been a black hole in the lineup. I just, it is unbelievable how when they traded for him, I thought he was going to be such an incredible upgrade over Weeders, and he's pretty much been Weeders. Yeah, you know, catchers, you you don't really get much from catchers offensively. Um, They're just more, their job is just to catch and be more defensively oriented. Um, There's very few catchers who are good offensively. Like, um, JT Ramuto, he's the only one that's good offensively and defensively because we've got Gary Sanchez, but the dude can't catch fastball right down the middle to save his life. But, man, Jan Gomes regressed. Like, last year he slashed 266, 313, 449, and he had OPS plus of 103. This year he's slashing 209, 303. His, slug- his slugging is 299, and his OPS plus uh-huh. is 56. Brutal. For those at home, the OPS plus average is 100. So, like, <laughs> one baseball player is 100. So, he is the value of half a baseball player right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah at this point, tragic. Suzuki is better offensively and defensively and better with the, like, the chemistry with the pitchers. So, there's no reason for Gomes to be, like, even playing 50-50. It should be, like, Suzuki, like, 60-40, Yeah, like two out of three should be Suzuki at this point. Although they now are carrying three catchers on the roster. Oh, yeah, with uh, Kibum. Yeah, so it seems to me, I don't know, maybe there needs to be a phantom yell stint coming up for Gomes or something. That's, he's just a- I think that's pretty interesting. They might. Maybe they trade him for 
to a team that needs catching depth? Because they, they need to clear some payroll, and they're calling up a third catcher. They clear they could have called up Michael Taylor or someone else, or even another pitcher, but they want the third young catcher. Maybe it's audition. If he does well, Jan Gomes, you're gone. You're clearing payroll. Yeah. It's not a bad call. Clearing payroll with him. It's, yeah, I, I think that might be exactly what's going on. The deadline looms, which is a great segue into our next um, topic. So, Ryan, you want to give us some info about the deadline coming up? Yes, so um, the Nationals are going to be buyers. So we're going to play a game. Um, I was on Twitter the other day and I saw that. <laughs> that one I got right that out. reference. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, the Nats were interested in Jake Deakman or Dykeman from the Royals. He is 0-6 with a 5.06 ERA and a 1.44 whip. <laughs> He's not good. Um, so, But then all these people started complaining about it. And so I want to ask you guys this as well as all the other people listening, you're Mike Rizzo. You have the 27th ranked farm system. You have about $5 million to play with before you go over the luxury tax, and your owners do not want to go over the luxury tax. That automatically rules out any rentals at the deadline because you're going to have to overpay for anyone you trade for. So you're going to trade for someone with control because you're going to have to offer one of your top six prospects. Who are you acquiring at the deadline that's actually reasonable? Because you have to get multiple relief arms at the deadline. How are you doing it? Or who who are you going after? That's a really uh, good question. I'd have to I don't I don't have names for you, but the way you names. do uh, well, you're better than me. Well, I can, Everyone knows this. I can list well, thanks for a heads up on this segment then. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking us when you have the answer? Huh? <clears throat> hey man, I just I just wanted to hear your thought process because the all these way... fans keep throwing around names. Hey, listen, you said I'm Mike Rizzo, not you, so can you just hey, go stop? ahead, go ahead. Go Gosh. ahead, go ahead. <laughs> um, the way you do it, in my mind, is you trade for people like Tanner Rainey, like prospects who haven't really gotten a lot of MLB time, but are still on their minor league contract, so they're not um, like expensive or anything. And yeah, we gave up Roark for Rainey, but kind of the same logic applies. So just a high upside prospect who you can call up, see what they got. And hopefully something sticks, but that you don't have to give a lot, uh, give up a lot for them, and it doesn't push you over the luxury tax. Yeah, so, I think that's a that's a good call. I saw this article um, about what the Nats could potentially do at the deadline, and to raise this question because they're <clears> kind <throat> of stuck in both ways. Like when a team can offer for Will Smith, who was a rental. A team can just offer like three or four of the middle of the way guys, and the Nats can't do that just because they're middle of tier guys or low tier guys in most farm systems. Because there's going to be ten teams going for relief help, only the Red Sox have a worse farm system. So, but they pointed out two names that the Nats could get, and they can get both of them. Not saying they will because it's the Nats, but <clears throat> Ken Giles, um, and then Alex Colomay because. Colome is being paid a league minimum, so five hundred thousand right there. And then Ken is owed two million the rest of the way. So say you get both of them, you still got three million to play with in the tax. And then for Ken, all you gotta do is offer up Will Crow or Tim Kate, um, because the Blue Jays have zero pitching whatsoever. You can offer up some young cross pitching prospects. That can interest them. Colome, that's where you gotta pay up. You throw your boy Luis Garcia in there, who is trapped and serves no purpose. You have a future um, shortstop up right now, and your top two prospects are shortstops. Yeah, no, trade one of them, and then boom, you suddenly have a good pulpen. Will the Nats do this because you're trading possibly two, three of the top six far, uh, prospects? No, but their history kind of suggests that they're going to make a splash for a big arm at the deadline. So I think yeah. it's going to be pretty interesting what they do. It is going to be interesting. I like the idea of of column A if they can make it happen. And I don't know that they won't go that far. If they really think they have a chance to catch the Braves or they think they're, they're a shoe-in for the for the wild card, you know, I think I, the, the, the learners never want to be sellers. They always want to be buyers. And I think Rizzo, when he's allowed to, is pretty pretty bold with his trades. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch what they do. It's yeah, interesting I mean, because <clears> – go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, I've been saying column A from the start, so I'm just going to stick to it. And, I mean, the reasons you just laid out are 
just supporting that that idea that column A seems like the epitome of someone uh, that the Nats would acquire at the deadline, just a very eh player um, and not the top guy in the market or on the trade market, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I obviously, like you said, they're going to be buyers. So we'll see what happens and if they're really uh, hell-bent on staying under the luxury tax. Hey, uh, column A has a 2-5 ERA. And then Kenny Boy has an, a 1-7 ERA. Uh, both of them have team control next year. So that would help your bullpen in the offseason. But I don't know. Just they, if they truly want to like actually make the playoffs and contend to it, they got to make a big splash at the deadline. Because the rest of the NL, they're talking about the Nats a lot because they're scared of the Nats because the only thing that's really holding them back is their bullpen. It's the reason why they got off to a terrible start. They fix that. Everything clicks. You'll yep. know where Nats could actually do. And even now, at this point in the season, the bullpen's been a lot better than they were. But the last, what, three, four losses were all bullpen losses. You know, they were all mm-hmm. winnable games that, that the bullpen lost for them. So it's still the issue. They could be as I mean, hot as they've been the last month and a half. They could be even even better. The it one took thing until will... June. Oh, sorry. The one thing sorry. I will say about Ken Isles is that he's a bit of a hothead. And you know what happened the last time we acquired a hothead reliever at the deadline? Because that turned out all well. Hey, man. Hotheads hotheads just make things more fun. But yeah, um, the Nationals bullpen took until July 13th to get in team ERA under six. So the learners probably think the bullpen's safe and they're absolute geniuses. And like, we don't need to make any moves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Better, it was, it had, it couldn't get worse. So better is the only direction they had. All right, so we are going to do uh, a fun segment next, but before we do, let me remind all of you who are listening that we're doing this with the DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. Um, they've got a bunch of great shows. Be sure to check them out. You can find them at the website at dmvsportsnetwork.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Um, please be sure to check them out, subscribe, leave reviews. We really appreciate it. So this next thing I've been looking forward to all week, we are going to come up, all of us, with a Nats victory song and we're going to put it to you guys the listeners we're put a poll up on the twitter account see who's, see who's so i can win again <laughs> yeah yeah sure sure <laughs> um so, so yeah i think based... you said there was a poll oh, okay. was it a poll that sorry there was a poll or something that said the nats were the worst victory song because they don't have one uh yeah so cut four just it was like during the all-star break so they were just like trying to find things to write about. And this one is actually pretty fun that they ranked every team's victory song. And just because the Nats don't have one, they were tied with the Cardinals for last because both teams don't have one. Um, But just some notable ones like the Cubs were 24th and you probably know that one. It's the go Cubs go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Um, Oh, stop. Yeah. But they, they ranked that as 24th because it's just like a terrible song. Um, but just get quickly the top five. Number five, hold on, let me scroll to it. Number five was The Reds with Unstoppable by Foxy Shazam. Name alone should uh, be top yeah. five. Um, number four was I Love LA by Randy Newman for the Dodgers. Kind of self explanatory. Uh, three Tigers, Go Get Them Tigers. Again, self explanatory. Number two, Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Obviously, Prince, Minnesota. Pretty good song. Um, and then number one was Cleveland Rocks uh, by Presidents of the United States of America. It's a great song. I mean, you'll know it if you don't know the name. Um, and Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, it was just a good idea. But the fact that the Nats don't have one at all um, is just a perfect... Uh, travesty. L- yeah, well, that <clears throat> and it's a perfect lead-in for us to pick one now because... As we've seen with the Nats' terrible run chant, where the N-A-T-S, Nats, and Nats, woo! <laughs> literally the worst. So clearly we cannot leave anything up to the Nats and the Nats fans. So we need to decide right here, right now, what is the Nats' right new victory song? Right now. All right. So do we each have runners-up? Because we could do like a little draft style, each with our second runner-up, then each with our first runner-up. Ooh. Our, our pick. Do we want to do it? Uh, well, Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, okay. we can do that. All right, Ryan. Second runner-up. So right away when I heard this, um, my mind just went to the greatest and most emotional song in the history of sports. 
Bohemian the song Rhapsody. that everyone hears, sports fans start to cry. They weep. It brings rivals together. That song, for my second runner-up, is Sweet Victory by SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. man. See, I wanted to do something like more lighthearted and fun like that. Not necessarily a joke, because that's a great song. But, I mean, if a team like the Nats did it, in my opinion, it would just look like they're trying too hard. Um, I don't that's think they, literally everything they do. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think they could get away with it. I love the song, but I don't think they could get away with it. All right, so Nick, song, what's though. your gonna, second runner-up? I'm going to put that audio in here just because I want to look up that audio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second runner-up. So I kind of just gave a gave out some of my thought process. I wanted to give a song that fit, um, but didn't look like they were trying too hard, but also a song that was that would catch on and uh, wouldn't be like at the bottom of this list if Cut Four were to re-rank in, including uh, this song. So my first runner-up, second place, whatever you want to say, is Surrender by Cheap Trick, because you're kind of telling the other teams to surrender. Mom, Love that I song. Like it. Daddy's all right. I like it. Just seen okay. a little bit here. Sing them all as we go. Yep. That's <laughs> all right. The my my uh, second runner up is All I Do Is Win by DJ Khalid. So I like that song. I already think it's just self explanatory. <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing. No, nothing. I hate DJ okay. Khaled. <laughs> well, I'm not a huge fan either, but I like that song. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that it just like so many other teams use that, and it's like hard to claim that as that's your why it's my, victory yeah, song. That's why it's my second runner up. I that's like all. it. I think it's a great victory song, and no other baseball wait, wait, wait. team's using it. Are we doing three? So it's like second runner three. up. Three. So it's second runner up, first runner up, first oh, runner up and then our pick. All right. Well, S Surrender would have been <clears> my <throat> second. So first okay. runner up. So I'm going back. All right. All right, <laughs> Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. What's your we already first messed up with the draft. Draft is real. So I have two for this one because <laughs> I want to give this guy a plug. Um so it's on YouTube by Davy Andrews, Let's Go Nats. Check it out. Um it's actually oh, it's like a, I know what it's the like one you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a fan oh, made that's song. Because cool it's, it's theirs too. It's like just the Nats. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's it's pretty catchy. Um, it's kind of sounds like a song like a bunch of Irish people sing in the pub together with their buddies after like their favorite team won. And yeah, so, like, it's, I, it, it's almost like a a chant. It is like a victory song. It's pretty yeah, cool. It's like let's. I'm not gonna sing it, but go Nats. Yeah, yeah, and it's all about like the Nats. Everything. It's pretty catchy, and I actually kind of like it. Um, right, but my first runner up, my first runner up, I had two for this one. Thank you very much. Um, is Rock and Roll Part Two by Gary Glitter? Do not Google Gary Glitter, but he's uh, <laughs> it, just ignore that part. But the song public is pretty service catchy. announcement. <laughs> um, this is all about the audience interaction, which I love because, in case you don't know the song, it's a song that goes "Hey," but everyone in the crowd needs to yell "You suck" to remind people that you suck for losing to the Nats. I love me some audience interaction. Also, love me berating people. I was six years old at a Redskins game. Everyone did that yelling, you suck at the Cowboys. And I thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, so that's my first runner-up. Okay. I like it. We're not following the rules at all. We're going first runner-up, second runner-up. We're going two for the first runner-up. We're just it's There's no rules! Put your shirt back on! There's one rule! <laughs> <laughs> you guys right. get that reference? Hey, yes. So episode yes, references yes. All right, cool. Yes. All right, so, so Nick, now you get your second runner-up. Second runner-up. So third place. Um, I mean, there's a ton of songs I was considering. I did not realize we were doing three, so I kind of screwed the pooch here. Um, but one I was really considering, and I couldn't go with it just because this band, this group, is like Hall of Fame elite status, and the Nats are undeserving of them. But that's uh, oh. Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Damn it, that Just... was mine! You can't take that one! <laughs> Even better. <laughs> no, that was my that was my first runner-up, though, not my second runner-up. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was your like, ultimate choice. And I, no, I, no, I it's I, my I first runner-up. I thought I cucked you. 
Nope. Uh, no, but I love that song. It's a great one because oh, it's I mean, not, it's you know, We Are the Champions is the one everybody knows, of course. That's the, like, the quintessential victory song. But this one is right. this one is awesome for a, we didn't just win a championship, but we just kicked your ass. Yeah. No, it's a great song. Are you kidding me? And, I mean, I We it. Will Rock You would have been up there, too, but. Yeah. 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 Queen has a lot of good options. They, they're the best. Well, I guess that's a perfect segue into your first runner-up. Okay, so what is Ryan Stern first? Ryan, who's your winner? So my winner, I wanted something that truly embraced DC. So don't I was looking my, up. Don't pick my. Oh, okay. I was just thinking of songs by Wale, Shy Glizzy, Gold Link. Shout out Gold Link with the high school with him. Um, you mean Fat Shy Child. Hot Dog? TBT. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Trail, all that stuff. But then I finally thought the perfect song and my winner is welcome to dc by mambo sauce it's all about oh. the dc culture it talks nice. about go-go it's a play on mambo sauce it's talking about usa the cap um saying we ain't going anywhere we're gonna be right here and talking about dc it embraces the culture it embraces everything at dc something the naps don't do so for that that is my winner Welcome to DC. You know when you're at the USA cap, you're taking a slightly from taking a slightly. Then how you go at home, you gon' be right back. Well, we gon' be right here, we gon' be right here. We ain't going nowhere. Welcome to DC. And I like yeah, it. I was considering that song. Um, I, I can't remember what other team used it it was used for something like dc sports related and that's the first time i had heard of it um 93.9 plays it like every day yeah if you guys like don't know the song off the top of your head and you go listen to it you might recognize it just because i know i specifically like was introduced to the song because some dc sports team used it and obviously the name is welcome to dc so if you um Maybe the Caps used it or something. If you go, ahead, go to right. any Caps game, the bands right by the Mets right there, they're always using like playing this beat on their uh, drums and stuff. Yeah, it, uh, I, I assume it's the the Caps because they're the only sports team in DC that has done anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's a good choice. Uh, ultimately, Harsh, I didn't pick it just because the Nats have never embraced DC. Just, just how it is. So I was going for a song that is just like universally loved that the Nats could embrace and people would like the song and then therefore want to root for the Nats more. So I went with a popular song and credit to FIFA 12 because this was the knock. This was the jam. (laughs) I'm going on top of the world by Imagine Dragons because that song is just such an upbeat song. You you sing it all the time. I'll take it in, but don't look down. I'm on top of the world, eh? I'm on top of the world, eh? Waiting on this for a while now. Playing my dues to the dirt. I've been waiting to smile, eh? The whole thing in for a while, eh? Take you with me if I can. Been dreaming of this since a child. I'm on top of the world. Great. It is a good song, although oh, after the, you know, Imagine Dragons is from Vegas, and after they played before the Nats, or I know. Nats played, the Golden and Knights, see, I see, kind of don't like them I'm now. Gonna you, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but clearly, <laughs> whenever Imagine Dragons performs, <clears throat> the DC sports teams do well. So wouldn't we want an Imagine Dragons song as our song? That's an interesting point. Exactly. Lawyered. All right. Well, I'm coming out of left field here with mine, because I've never heard this as a victory song for anyone, but I always think it's awesome. It's Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta by the Ghetto Boys. Damn it feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster type player plays his cards right. A real gangster type player never runs his mouth. Cause real gangsterized players don't start fights. And brothers always got a high cap. Showing all his boys how we shot him. But real gangster type players don't flex that. Cause real gangster like players know they got him. Now everything is cool in the mind of a gangster Cause gangsterized players think deep Up 365, yo, 24-7 Cause real gangster-type players don't sleep 
And all I gotta say to you wanna be gonna be Gucci eat jealous hard pranksters is when the shit jumps off what the hell you gonna do? Damn it feels good to be a gangster. Y'all know that I don't know if you guys know. Of course it, we know. It song. was came out in <laughs> I don't know. It came out in nineteen ninety nine and you people are youngsters, so I was four years old. Probably weren't listening to the ghetto boys <laughs> when this came out, but <laughs> So Nick picks two pick. songs from the 70s. I don't know if you heard the song from 1999. <laughs> that is well, I'm just saying, you guys probably weren't listening song. to this when it came out. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's my pick. I'm not going to sing it. But if you go to Google it, anyone, please, uh, you might want to look for the clean version. She, she went from DJ Khaled to that. <laughs> well, there was Queen in the middle. <laughs> sure. I mean... Just threw us for a loop. So yeah, I'll um, put the audio in here. So by the time you're listening to this, you'll have heard the audio. Uh, but there will be a poll on Twitter to decide what the Nats victory sh- song should be between us three. And uh, if you guys have any ideas, anything we miss, obviously let us know. Yep. Okay. One more good fun one, which is we're going to do now, is the top three places we did before the places we like to eat in the stadium. So now we're going to do the top places we like to eat around the stadium when we go down for a game if we're not going to eat in the park. So we'll yes. do the same style, giraffe style. Nick, you go first this time. Hold on, are we doing? Okay, are we doing? Hold on, are we doing just eat? Are we doing the good places to drink and then the good places to eat? How are we doing this? Yeah, eat or drink, just anywhere you like to go, hang out, eat, drink before the game or after. All right. So okay. are we going three 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 two 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 one 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 or do I go three two one? Yeah, we, we're going to do that, and then you can do 2-3-1 like you did last time if you want. You can do every one. All right, you didn't really give me an answer. Okay, um, so <laughs> number three. So, well, this my list is kind of skewed. I'm just going to say all of them. Screw, screw the draft. Um, the okay. bullpen is on my list, but I guess the bullpen is closing, which sucks yeah. because I love the bullpen, and it's so convenient, and it's outside, which, yes, it's like, the middle of the sun in the summer in DC, but uh, like being outside, like just getting a tall boy from the bullpen right before you go into the stadium is just like awesome. And I was, we, Ryan and I were at the bullpen when the caps won uh, the cup. So the bullpen will forever have a special place in my heart. RIP bullpen. Um, That's why it's on my list. And, And the fact that it's just awesome and shouldn't be going away. Um, Place to eat, uh, is it called Roti? Am I saying that right? R-O-T-I. Right? I don't know that place. Yeah. R-O-T-I, it's like yeah, a, it's Roti. Yeah. Uh, it's a Mediterranean place. It's like where B-dubs is, where you exit the metro. It's like on the other side of the bill, or other side of that. Uh, it's like next to Chipotle and all that stuff. Um, it's a Mediterranean place. It's quick and easy. It's so good. It's a, It's kind of like Cava. If you guys uh, have had kava before, um, that's quick and easy. It's light. It's good food. It's not too expensive. I usually eat there before I, uh, like if I'm at the ballpark early. Um, and then another place that is probably a little bit more com- common, but uh, Gordon Biersch, which is kind of in between bullpen and uh, roadie. Um, I just like going there, stop by for a quick beer. Um, they have a, a good beer selection and on that, when we went to the all-star game, it started pouring down rain, went in there, had a few beers, skies cleared up into the all-star game. So these aren't places I'm just like naming. These are places I actually go to. So, All right. I like it. Ryan, what's your list? So um, what made me think of this was that, when I was in Philly this weekend, all the like sports stadiums were right next to each other, which was pretty sweet, and they like massive parking lots. But they had, like this one complex called like the NBC Sports Complex, and they had, like one bar for every single team, and like that was it. So I was thinking like there's so many places around Nats Park that made me think of this. So my three, um, <clears throat> it just opened up this year, but it's pretty nice. It is DACA. Um, there's one in Shaw and it's right behind Nats Park around the water side. Um, they have an indoor seating area and then they also have an outside beer garden with a beer truck. It's pretty sweet. Um, it gets really popular after games. Um, they have the nice lights going, everything. They do have food inside. Never eaten there before, but I love outdoor places. 
So that's always in there for me. Um, and then Mission also just opened up great Mexican food. Um, it's right across, like through the center field gates on the left side. It's on the second floor. Um, they have great food. They have good happy hour. It's every single day from four to seven. So if you get down there before work, you can go up to the second floor. You can get some frozen strawberry margaritas, sorry, chilies, um, tacos. Cause I freaking love me some tacos and chips and dip. It's really good. Um, and then also third one, salt line. It's very popular amongst all my uh, friends. Yeah. All the, um, all the Nats people go there after games. One of my friends works for Nats, so they always go there. Um, it's also outside. They sell oysters. It's raw bar. Hate seafood, but fun environment. Pretty good place to go to. So those are my three. But fourth one, um, cause I love pizza. All purpose. It's right by Nats Park. And it's so freaking good. Oh, I haven't been there. I'll have to check it out. It's really it good. good. Well, I also hate seafood, so none of my places are seafood places. Uh, my number you three place. You guys are place, so white. Just to keep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number three place is nothing to write home about. It's just the B Dubs. It's so easy. Sometimes we just go in there if we're if we're a little early to the game and we feel like sitting down for a while. It's you know you always know what you're gonna get. Nothing exciting, but that's what we do. So my other two places, though, aren't actually that close to the stadium. We always drive in because we live so far away. So we always stop for dinner if we're in early enough before we go down to the stadium. And uh, my number two place would be uh, one of the – I like to go up to Chinatown to, the, to get ramen either before or after the games. And there's two places up there that I really like. One is called Bantam King, and it's a chicken – ramen place it's absolutely fantastic if you like japanese food they've got you know dumplings and they do fried chicken there japanese style it's fantastic um and then there's one right around the corner from there called daikaya and uh it is fantastic it's uh a more traditional pork ramen kind of thing so if you're into japanese food they've got a lot of great um options up there do you guys ever do ramen you all like japanese food I love um, I love Japanese love food, ramen. but I've never been there. Not to those <laughs> oh, ones. Oh, really? To either of them? Mm-mm. Oh, well, nope. they're both really good. They're both right up by um, Verizon Center. I guess Capital One Arena now. I still can't get used to calling it that. But um, we always go there when we're at Caps games, too. But we, we try to go either before or after the games. And then my other, my favorite place in town is Haleo, which is also closer to Verizon Center than it is to Nats Park. But... Um, Tapas, Jose Andres restaurant, Tapas place, and um, it is awesome. They have a, a bunch of good happy hour deals if you're there before the game. So if you're in a car or you don't mind Metro, I think it's only one or two stops up to Metro, too. So if you're willing to travel a little bit away from the stadium, it's really good option. There are a lot of good options around Nats Park. That's probably like one of the best things about it. Um, and then also the Navy Yard is expanding, so there's a bunch of stuff down there right in the waterfront. So if you don't want to spend a buck ton of money on alcohol and food in Nats Park, you have like 50 options outside the stadium, which is pretty That's nice true. when your stadium's in the middle of the city. Yeah, it's a great thing about Nats Park. There are a lot of things about Nats Park that aren't as good as some other stadiums, but I think the amount, the, the quality and the quantity of food and drink options around the stadium are top notch. Oh, yeah, it's elite. I agree. If only our team was. <laughs> if only. All right, so um, let's do Twitter. If break. only, if only. The... Uh, so huh? much singing tonight. All right, so Twitter questions this week. Whoa, um, whoa, first whoa, one... whoa, 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 whoa. Aren't you, like, bearing the lead here? Oh, well, she yeah, can't do this week. Do that in a... Oh. Oh. Cool. Did not realize that. Yeah, me either. Okay. So we were going to have our listener winner of our uh, listening contest who was going to join the show, but she can't do it this week, so that'll have to be next week. So I know she'll listen, though, so at One Lovely Lady C will be joining us next week. All right. Um, at District of Corb says, who will be the Nats' second half MVP? This is a great one. Chili's. <laughs> Terry. Terry. All right. Ooh, Anybody half maybe MVP. plays for the team? Yeah, this is a good question. All right. Can, can I pick someone who's not on the team, or does it have to be someone who's on the team right now? I'm going to say uh, Michael A. Taylor because he's MVP by staying in AAA. <laughs> Addition by subtraction. 
Yes, sir. Um, I want to I want to pick whoever they trade for because they're gonna help solidify <laughs> the bullpen. Um, but that's a cop out of an answer, so I'm gonna go with Victor Robles. I'm gonna go with Soto. You know, so I'm gonna go with like the the. MVP versus like MOP argument where it's like valuable versus like outstanding. The mm-hmm. most outstanding player is going to be like Soto or Rendon or maybe even Trey. I hate to say it, but the most valuable player, if the Nats do make a run, is probably going to be Adam Eaton. Yeah. Because if, 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 if he, if if he gets it going, yeah, if he gets it going and is on base a lot. Obviously, you have big hitters like Rendon and Soto behind him, and he, if he's on base, he'll most likely score, so he's setting the team up for success, and I can't even get excited talking about the possibility of him doing well. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> the know, though, anti-Eaton agenda. <laughs> if you're going with that, with that valuable as opposed to outstanding, I like that, that way of thinking about it. I think Kendrick could be a good argument for that, too. He yeah, that's a good one, day, too. But when he does, I, I he thought about him. Plug, yeah, well, he, he, needs needs to play worst, so. he does need to play more and he's you know he's super utility guy he's super clutch you know, he, he brings something to the lineup every time he's in it i i just think if if the team is going to make a deep run he's going to probably have to play more and continue to play well i saw him saturday morning at nine o'clock when i was getting my breakfast in the lobby and he was going to work out with one of the trainers so clearly this guy loves the team and wants to do everything he can to make it better because on Friday night, the bullpen guys were going to go out. They were talking extremely loudly loudly in the lobby as I walked by, so everyone knew their plants and who they were. So that's why the bullpen sucks. That's why Howie Kendrick is elite in the second half MVP because he cares. Boom. Hot, wow, hot seat. Howie Kendrick is the only one on the team who cares. <laughs> yep. Changed my mind. He sh- he so we all me. just changed our picks to Howie Kendrick? Is that what just happened? <laughs> 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 the answer is always Howie Kendrick. <laughs> All right. Well, he won't go. be on the team. This is the kind of high quality analysis <laughs> people come to this podcast for. All right. At any Honey Dizzle says, will Atlanta ever give us a chance to gain some damn ground? And I think the answer to that is probably no. No. no it's been they frustrating because they have played <laughs> so well and they can't gain much on Atlanta because Atlanta doesn't what are, uh, what are we at right now? Five games back? I think it's Atlanta it, it, seven. It was six going into. Oh, tonight. geez. Did Atlanta win? Tonight? Oh yeah, and then I forgot. They yeah, won. they won. I'm pretty sure they won. So then um, it's seven. Yeah, if it's seven now with the way we've been playing, Atlanta's hot. I mean, I think yeah, since May twenty fourth, we've had the best record. But I think since like early June, they do. If I'm not mistaken, they do by a game. They basically have yeah. the same schedule as the Nats have in this run. And they just don't lose. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they they've had an easy schedule too, just like we have. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see as we go into harder schedules for both teams. Yeah, I mean, and they're figuring out things with their rotation, but Mike Soroka is pretty damn Keichel good. Sadly, he, yeah, he pitched today. They got Keuchel, Max Fried. He's had some up and downs, but he looks pretty good. Um, they have another guy that I'm forgetting his name, but. Um, I mean, they don't have like the big names like the Nats do, but they have a pretty solid rotation. Granted, it's younger guys and Keuchel and then Teheran, who's just awful. Um, but I mean, they're, they're pretty freaking good. And I hate to say it cause I hate the Braves, but they're going to be good for a long time. Yep. I don't want that to be true, but it probably is. All right, let's move on to the next one. At National Post says, All-Star break is over. Team has been, for lack of a better word, a roller coaster. <clears throat> Homer status aside, what is the realistic ceiling for this team this year? All right, so Amanda can't answer. Um, <laughs> sure I can. I just won't put my Homer re- status aside. <laughs> I mean, realistic ceiling? Well, I, the realistic ceiling is a first-round exit. Because if you want to be realistic, we're not winning the division, which means, yeah, we could win the wild card game, but we're not getting past the Dodgers. 
That's with just this, how it is. With this bullpen and with Davey managing and the team's reluctance to go away from aging vets who are going to hurt your team, the then, ceiling's the wild. <laughs> the ceiling's the wild card <laughs> game. Like those are some pretty big holes. And Zen, Zen's been fine since he's come back. He just can't hit with runners in scoring position. Um, those are some massive holes. And with until those get fixed, the wild card yes. game. That's their ceiling. Yeah. I, I'm gonna agree with Nick. I think they could get out of the wild card and into the into the first round, but I don't think they're gonna get past that. And you know, unless they make some really major additions to the bullpen and they, you know, really shore it up, and it's a completely different bullpen going into the back end of the season, I, I don't see how they can make but any kind of at a, the same a time. Well, run. let me back up because Ryan made a good point. Like. You have Davey still our manager, and chances are he's going to go with the aging vets in the wildcard game. The wildcard game is literally just one game. You don't have at least three games where, like, game one or game two, you, like, you made mistakes and you can correct it game three and right the ship. You only get one game. That's the point of the playing yeah. game for the wildcard game. I actually don't so think So if Davey makes mistakes, the then... If yeah. There's no you you really running, trust Davy to do the right thing? No, not necessarily in in most situations, but I do think if he's got one shot at it, that I don't think he's going to go with. I think he's going to go with the guys he thinks gives him the best chance to win. I don't think he's you underestimate the learner's hand and everything. Yeah, yeah the learners so. are the reason why we're playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think but, it could happen, and I'm still I'm still not like I said earlier. I don't think they're going to catch the Braves. If the Braves falter for some reason or have some injuries, I guess there's some chance they could catch them. But seven games back is a big gap to close. And I think likely the only path to the playoffs is the wild card. And so either going out in the wild card or going out in the first round is my realistic ceiling. Homerism aside. And one thing you said uh, is in regards to shoring up the bullpen, like there's not really, at least when you're scoping out the possible trade uh trade pieces we could acquire at the deadline there's not like the the big name like there was that one year where Aroldis Chapman and Andrew Miller were both traded at the deadline i mean yeah you have Will Smith Shane Green who are good pieces but it's not like that one tide turning acquisition uh that you would expect at the deadline so I don't know if we can go from the league worst bullpen to like a competent bullpen just by one or two moves. It would really have to be like a complete makeover, which obviously can't be done at one at deadline. At least three guys, I think. Yeah, I think it's at least three yeah. if they're going to make a realistic push. If only so, they address yeah. in the offseason. If yeah. only, if All only right. they would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You get that uh, reference? Soto, yes. I did get a few of them. All right, cool. At Soto SDN says, will Matt Grace ever not suck? No. Um, yes, when he is released. Yeah. Maybe he's good at something besides baseball. He might not be a baseball player anymore. Yeah, me, really maybe tennis is his thing. Or like a realtor. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm at, or like some sort of sales. I'm Matt Grace. I used yeah, to play baseball. Buy from me. Right. Uh, Enterprise. I could, sell, I could sell you baseball. <laughs> Enterprise. There you go. <laughs> That's what all former D1 athletes do. Right. Enterprise shoes. The car. So we'll you, pick you, you up. You need good shoes for the, for the walk-off you hit off. Anyway. All right, become a, he's going to become a woman's shoe salesman, and his life is going to become uh, married with children. He's just going to hate his ah. life. I see. That might be a little harsh. But... <laughs> uh, well, you suck at baseball, so it's worth it. Jeez. All right. At Matt Grace. At, at Sure's Week says, is the hot streak a fluke, or are these the real Nats? That's a good question, too. I think it's too much to we'll... be a fluke at this point. It's been going too long. I don't know, because they, I mean, so playing this well, they've benefited from the teams they play. Like, they play the Marlins, like, seven times. They play the Royals, the Tigers, the Phillies, I mean, all these times. The Phillies suck right now. They played some really good teams, and they've gotten away with it. Um, I feel like the Nats have kind of turned the corner, 
but we won't know for sure until next week when they get the Braves four times, the Braves three times, the Dodgers again, and then Dodgers. Those games can figure out if the Nats have actually turned the corner and everything's working out, or if they just straight benefited from their week schedule. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think we're 30 and 11 since like May 24th or whatever. I don't know exactly what that winning percentage is. Um, but like, obviously we're capable of that stretch. I, the stretch itself isn't a fluke, but I don't think we're that team over the course of a season, if that makes sense. We're definitely well, better. No, technically is. Well, yes, but, uh, but <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, we're better than how we started the season, but that doesn't mean we're like a completely different team that's ready to compete for a world series. We're better, but we're not anywhere close to where we need to be in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't, like I said, I think it's gone too long to be considered a fluke, but you know, because of the, the weakness of the schedule, it's hard to analyze whether this, they really are a team who can keep up this kind of a winning percentage. So I think as the schedule toughens up, we're gonna they're gonna lose more games. But the question is, can they still are are they good enough to still win, you know, five hundred plus, maybe getting close to six hundred baseball, which is what they're gonna need the rest of the way. And I think that remains to be seen. But I think we'll know before the trade deadline because they've got a tough schedule between now and then. So we're gonna things are gonna be a lot clearer in two weeks. Shoot, things may be clear next week because they have their big arms going up against the Braves, and the Braves have their big arms going up against them. So, yeah, they win that series. It's going to be a great three out series. four or all four. Yeah, I think three of the four be... games are national broadcast. I don't need sleep. I need answers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're full of references tonight, aren't you? <laughs> big time. All right. So this next question that's here on our show doc looks like bait for, yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's been removed. Looks like that was bait for our uh, our guest who will be joining us next week. So we'll say all, all I'm going to say is his name is an iron America. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm a fan of the, uh, of the wise ass acerbic antihero myself. But Ryan, she said a bad word. Yeah, Amanda, yep. um, my Christian ears, please. Thank you. <laughs> They're bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you before we start recording. All right. It's time whoa, for our favorite segment whoa, of the week. I have a brand. Worst tweet of the week. The world's weirdest drum roll. At James Seltzer, who was roundly ratioed by uh, for this tweet <laughs> this week, said. I love a good <laughs> ratio. So Pete Alonso is way too excited to win the home run derby. I mean, a million bucks is nothing to sneeze at, but come on. <laughs> yeah, how dare anyone sneeze? <laughs> we got a boomer alert. The boomer si- sirens are in full force right now. Absolute boomer. As some bucks guy is nothing to sneeze. Tweeting from his couch as some guy who just. Just won the home run derby, just doubled his salary as some guy who works for a radio station sits on his couch and judges him, who probably couldn't hit one home run given a hundred swings. Boomer alert. <laughs> Big time. I have boom. no idea who that guy is, but this is a bad tweet. Yeah, how dare you be excited about winning anything? Because that's <laughs> not the way to, the to go about thing things. You dreamed about your like your whole childhood yeah. growing up to be a professional yeah. baseball player and probably um, pretended with your friends in your backyard that you were having the home run derby a million times. He is from Philly. So that explains everything. Uh, oh, James, no, if you ever you win the lottery, I'm going to judge you so hard if you celebrate because I mean, it's like nothing. It's like nothing to, you know, just scoff at you won the lottery or anything, but come on, James, come on, but come on, James, <laughs> come on the pod, defend yourself. <laughs> Yeah. You won't. Well, that was a bad tweet. All right. So, before we go, you guys got anything else? Uh, James, that sucks. was a pretty rad episode. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. Yep. Underutilized word, rad. Well, not tonight. Uh, tonight it's been quite overutilized. <laughs> totally tubular. Nice. Um, Go to your local chilies. <laughs> Support your local Perry. 
Sage advice. Sage advice from Hastry Hikey. I'm not a spice. (laughs) All right. On that note, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, um, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us reviews. We'd appreciate it. Again, you can get me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can get Nick and Ryan at DC NatChat and the show at Hastry High Heat. You can find the DMD Sports Network at their website, dmdsportsnetwork.com, or on Twitter at dmd underscore sn. And they are looking for writers right now. Um, they sent out a tweet earlier today, so if you guys are interested in sports writing, um, go send them a DM. They will hook you up. All right, guys, have a great week. Talk to you next time. Later. Give me the bridge now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.